right. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the second episode of Crossover, the crossover event that you didn't know that you needed. That's going to be our tagline. Uh, probably saying crossover too many times, but uh, that's going to be it. Uh, my name is Manderson, at Son of Mander on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Joining me tonight again is my brother, all the way in Reading. I'm Dan. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, on Danderson, or at Danderson11. So tonight uh, we're going to uh, do the usual round the horn and just uh, since this is new and a lot of you may be joining us for the first time, didn't get to see the first episode, uh, we'll do around the horn a little bit differently um, and then we're going to uh, jump on the main topic. We don't have any news like we do on our normal show. Um, so it's going to be pretty quick, pretty simple. And uh, so uh, before we get there, uh-huh, I have props tonight. Uh, I'm going to plug our sponsors first, um, Empire's Comic Vault, uh, located on Fulton Avenue, um, 1120 Sweet K, uh, Fulton Avenue. Go and check it out. They got uh, pugs, if you like uh, pet and furry animals. They got um, hot sauce as well. And uh, of course, comics. It's a comic book shop. Um, ben is fantastic. Go in there. Um, say hi. Tell him that Manderson sent you. Uh, he doesn't call me Manderson. He calls me my real name, but for the, you know, just the, the mystique of the show, I'm just Manderson. Um, and uh, they have, he has a Black Friday sale. Uh, they're they're doing there some pretty good deals. I will probably pop in on that. And then second um, is the Beard Balm brush. I have this. This is right here. Can't really see because the lighting's funky. Um, if I can, oh, there we go. Maybe eh, the Beard Balm brush. It's wax. It's beeswax. It's oils. It's Everything you need for your beard, you just brush it through nice and easy. I mean, you do the full face, not just that part. Uh, but if you go to beardbombbrush.com, uh, put in the code CAPELESS, all lowercase, during checkout, and you can get 15% off of your order. Um, this is my second one. I My first one like got worn down to like almost no nubs. It was just like flat. And I had to order myself a second one because they're they're really great. Um, so Dan, when you grow a beard, maybe next year for No Shave November, <laughs> <laughs> you can get yourself one. Um, all right, so uh, we're gonna jump into around the horn, and uh, much like our other show, this is where we go um, around a table. Except for we're not even on a table. Um, we are in completely different cities, but we're gonna talk about uh, in. In my case, the comic books, not that I've been reading, but the comic books that I'm excited that are coming out over the next week or two. Um, and Dan is going to talk about the different sporting events. That sounds much better than sports games that I said last time. Um, the sporting events that he's looking forward to. And we're going to start with the sporting events tonight. Uh, what are you looking forward to over the next couple of weeks? Well, so the first thing that pops to mind is the Thanksgiving football games. Um we traditionally have the Cowboys and the Lions playing, and then in recent years, probably the last seven or so, they've added a third game. So this year we're going to have 9.30 in the morning, Bears-Lions, and then we'll have, these are all Pacific times for those of you listening, um, Redskins-Cowboys on Fox is going to be at 1.30, and then Falcons-Saints on NBC at 5.20 uh, p.m. So they like to stretch it out all day non-stop football just in case you do want to avoid your family you can sit on the couch and watch football all day <laughs> or if you like your family you can watch the games with your family or force your family to watch them with you like sometimes i feel like 
uh, <laughs> is, in the, is my case. Um, so all three of those, I think the Bears-Lions is a divisional matchup. Redskins-Cowboys divisional matchup. And the Saints-Falcons are, is also divisional matchup. So there should be pretty good competition. Uh, pretty weird that we're not seeing any AFC teams this year, but oh, yeah. um, I don't really care that much. I think they should all be good. That Falcons-Saints game, I think, should be really really interesting the the evening one the next one um since we won't talk again until after this game is the uh, sec championship game it's the uh number one seeded alabama versus number five georgia and that will be on cbs on december 1st uh saturday december 1st 1 p.m kickoff um and that one this one is really interesting because it could create what they're they're dubbing the college uh, football playoff armageddon if Georgia wins this matchup, it's going to create a huge um, decision for the committee. So for those of you who are unfamiliar, um, after all these games happen, they, there's a committee that chooses the top four, and then number one seed plays number four, and two plays three in the semifinal matchup, and then the winners of those is the championship game. So Georgia, if they're sitting right on the bubble – at number five right now, if they win and beat undefeated Alabama, there's going to be a, one of the top four teams is not going to make it in because oh, you wow. think if Georgia if Georgia beats the number one team, they deserve to be in. And then the question is going to be, is that knock Alabama out? And then you, right now you have Clemson who are undefeated at number two. You have Notre Dame who are undefeated at number three. And you have Michigan at number four who have one loss. So It'll be interesting to see. So people are expecting Alabama to win, but it should be close. And I think I actually kind of like Georgia's chances to kind of to knock them off and create this, like I said, Armageddon scenario. And then the last uh, game I'm looking for will be the day after. So Sunday, December 2nd, uh, it's Tottenham versus Arsenal in the North London Derby. Um, and that'll be on NBC Sports Network at 6 a.m. in the morning. So another rival game there that should be. A lot of fun to watch. Two high offensive power teams to watch there. All right, yeah, those are two teams that I am familiar with, uh, at least by name. I've seen them play a couple times. Um, the one thing I forgot to mention up top is that we're also the other. So myself in this case is going to pick out uh, the game or I'm event I'm most interested in, and I think uh, probably I'm most likely to watch the Thanksgiving football games. Um, I think the last. I don't know, at least five years since my son was born. That's pretty much what I've done on Thanksgiving is watch all of those football games. I'm not mo most of all those football games. Um, but uh, I'm not, not a big college football guy, so definitely won't go out of my way to watch those. And that's on a Saturday. I'm probably working anyway. But maybe the maybe the Tottenham Arsenal game, the North London Derby. Maybe watch that one too. But uh, I'll be watching those football games with you because you'll be down here. So we watch them together. Sitting uh, sitting on the couch, eating pumpkin pie and turkey. Doesn't get much better than that. Yeah. It does not. Um, all right, so on my end, uh, I have four comics that I'm looking forward to. Uh, I'm going to start. The first one is a title put up by DC Comics called Pearl. Um, it's written by a gentleman named uh, Brian Michael Bendis. Um, and he uh, was at Marvel for a long time, just came over. He's been doing a lot of great things with Superman, but part of the deal was he would also kind of create his own world inside of um, the DC worlds. And the, the technical term in the comics universe is 
uh, he has an imprint, and that means like DC is the main label um, or the na the main publisher, and then there's like a little kind of its own publisher, but DC kind of runs it. Um, so like both Marvel and DC have their have a bunch of imprints and underneath them that carry the DC label, but they kind of do their own thing. It's not necessarily connected in continuity, but continuity. But Pearl um, is about this young girl who was kind of raised to be this master assassin. Um, I want to say she lives in San Francisco. I probably should remember that, but it's been about a month since I've read an issue, uh, since it's the last time it came out. Um, and uh, she's kind of stuck in this, between this war between these different triad families, the Yakuza uh, being one of them, I believe, in San Francisco, um, because she, she accidentally uh, killed a bunch of these thugs who were trying to kill a, a boy that she had just met. Like, there was no connection. They showed up, started shooting at him, and she pulled out her gun and shot at them, and now there's this big hubbub. Um, she's also um, like a, a master tattoo artist, and that's what she tried to leave the gang life to go do, and now she's being pulled back in. It's very well written. Very well written. It's a lot of fun. Um, the art is really unique. It's not your standard like comic book superhero type art. It's a little bit more like uh, it's, uh, muted colors and watercolor type painting looking type stuff. Um, the second one, Batman number 58. Um, you're a big Batman guy, as we I've heard of him, yeah. discovered last time. Um, the Tom King's been writing Batman for the, this will be his, his 58th issue in the run. Um, he's been doing a phenomenal job. He makes, he's been writing great stories. Um, everything connects really well. Um, the currently, uh, Batman is teaming up with, uh, one of his longtime nemesis, the Penguin, um, who is sent by Bane who is like he's Bane is in Arkham but he's still running the criminal underground to kill uh, Alfred not because Bane knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman but because Bruce Wayne is is interfering with Bane's plans as Bruce Wayne but Penguin uh, in the last issue Penguin decides to go against that and now they're teaming up to take Bane down so I'm kind of excited to see where that goes um so and Batman, I, I look forward to Batman uh, every every time it comes out. So it's going to be a really good one. Um, the next one is called Dick Tracy, uh, Dead or Alive. The second issue is coming out. I didn't know this was a thing until I started scrolling through. It was coming out in the next few weeks, so I need to find issue one. But I remember loving Dick Tracy as a kid. Um, I don't know if you remember the movie that came out when I, we were younger. That's the only thing I remember about Dick Tracy's movie. Yeah. I we, feel like we watched it quite a bit. Actually. Yeah, we watched a bunch. I had a bunch of the, the toys. Um, I love Dick Tracy, so I'm gonna I'm gonna find that, pick it up, and read those. So I have no idea what it's about, but I'm just I'm excited that there's uh, a Dick Tracy comic that I can read. Um, the last one is Ironheart number one. This will be putting out by Marvel. It was supposed to come out this past week, but it got pushed back two weeks. So this is coming out um, on the 28th. So uh, this is. Two weeks out, uh, I guess a week from tonight when this is airing, um, that'll be out. And Ironheart is one of my favorite characters. Do you know much about her? I know nothing. Uh, okay. Know uh, well, you've heard of Iron Man, Tony Stark, Iron Man. I've heard of Iron Man, yes. Um, so this young lady named Riri Williams, um, she has had kind of a tragic past, and uh, her uh, friends and family were shot in front of her at like just a drive-by shooting at a park. 
Um, they were uh, straight, like straight bullets killed her. I think her father-in-law, if I'm correct, and her, um, not her father-in-law, her um, like a stepfather or adoptive father, something like that, and one of her best friends. And she's wicked smart, like Tony Stark, genius level smart. And she decides she's going to do something about it. And she builds her own um, suit of armor and just like builds the arc reactor, does everything that Tony does. The only thing she didn't do was put an AI in it like Tony did um, and starts kind of fighting crime. Um, and she, for a long time, uh, she was the star of the, the Invincible Iron Man title because Tony Stark was in a coma. Um, Tony Stark is out of his coma and has taken back the Iron Man title as the as the in the book, um, and they're giving Riri Williams Ironheart her own title, um, and she's probably um, maybe my number two Marvel favorite Marvel character. Captain America being number one, and then Ironheart is number two. So I'm super pumped um, about this. So yeah, she's she's really great. It's uh, the stories are a lot of fun. Um, she's also part of the the champions team that I was talking about last time as well. Um, so those are the four picks that I have. Uh, what uh, what is, interests you there? You almost got me with Ironheart there, but I I think my Batman allegiance is still that Batman seemed interesting, but yeah. Um, I just like because there's there's a lot of this deeper stuff that I know nothing about, like. I'm one of those guys. I didn't know Bane really even existed until The Dark Knight Rises came out. Like, I've learned a lot from watching Gotham, so just to hear all this stuff going on underneath that I never really was aware of before, that is interesting to me. So Batman, but Ironheart was, was a close second. Close. All right. I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> no, Batman's your favorite, and Ironheart almost etched it out. That's, uh, that's good. Uh, there's maybe one of these times I'll have you read... Uh, part of the nightfall series for this because uh, that's when bane shows up but that's that's not oh. gonna be next time that's teasing for a while we're all down the road so um that's around the horn we're gonna jump into our main topic um you had me watch the uh manchester united versus uh manchester city um right. which is also known as the manchester derby or is it pronounced darby it is well so it's pronounced darby but derby is acceptable it's kind of Derby is the American pronunciation. Darby is the English pronunciation. Okay. But if somebody came over here from England and said, I'm watching the Kentucky Derby, I would think that was a little wrong. So I, I don't know. You both are correct, but I think Darby is more correct. Okay. Well, then I'll go with uh, the Manchester uh, Derby. This was the 177th uh, Manchester. Uh, so... What besides? I mean, they're they're in the same city. Is that the only thing that makes this matchup so important, or is there more to it than that? That's uh, the driving force behind it. Yeah. So basically, a derby is a term they use over in England for a, a rivalry, and ninety nine percent of them are because of location. Um, so this one, they just happen to be in the same city, but it's in the last ten, probably ten years or so now. It's really been ramped up because for years and years and years, Manchester United were the top dog and Man Manchester City were kind of the whipping boys of uh, the city. And then in 2008, a huge financial uh, guru from Abu Dhabi came in and bought Manchester City and has been pouring money into them. Um, so actually, unthinkably, Manchester City spends more 
more money on players. And Manchester United spends quite a lot of money on players as well. So yeah. it's kind of in the last 10 years or so, it's really ramped up to a game that even outside of English soccer, people will, will watch all over the world um, more frequently than they have in the past. So, um, yeah, so I think 1881 was the first ever mm-hmm. before Manchester United was even called Manchester United they've been playing. So this game goes back for years and years. But yeah, but the main driving force of why it's a big rivalry is because they're right across the street from each other, basically. Yeah. Uh, I forgot to point out I wore a soccer jersey for tonight's show. I This is the yeah. only one I have, though, so it doesn't yeah. connect. But uh, I'm still reveling in the Red Sox that, World Series championship eh. I would if the Cubs won, I would be too. I'd have to buy a Cubs hat though. I don't have one. Um, so is uh, is this the one of the oldest or the oldest uh, derby in the uh, English Premier League, or is it um, right now? I think it might be the Premier. So the Premier League teams bounce in and out. So there's games and rivalries that have gone back um, longer. But not much longer. 1881 is pretty, pretty far back there. Um, yeah. But I think right now it might be in the Premier League the, the longest. I, I'm not positive, but it, if it's not, it's certainly close. It's pretty close, yeah. Um, and then, do you know the the out of the 177 games, do you know the records off the top of your head? Do you have it pulled up by a chance? Uh, I do. I did look that up for us. I know. So Manchester United has won 73 of them. Uh, Manchester City has won 52, and then they tied or. Uh, 52 times as well. So United has had the lion's share of the, the yeah. bragging rights in the town. Um, so people say Manchester is red, but some of those people on the on the other side of town are starting to say it's, it's turning blue. So uh, <laughs> it, right now, I guess you have to say it's blue. So if those of you that didn't watch it, the result went Manchester City's way this last time. Yeah, yeah, did. I was a little disappointed that. Um... So, yeah, so for the, the past, was that 137 years then? Uh, this, this has been referred to as the Manchester Derby, or is that, I mean, I guess we were, we're not that old, but um, <laughs> what, is, is that a term that came along later, or just, um, is that, do you know if that's, oh, that's That's just what, yeah, it's what they call it. Like we talked about earlier in Around the Horn, the North London Derby, they have the South London Derby, they have they're all over the country, so it's just kind okay. of what they call rivalry. So it's always gotcha. So tra- traditionally, these days, anytime they meet, it's the Manchester Derby. It's not like a specific event, like like Thanksgiving. Uh, the Thanksgiving game used to be the Cowboys versus the Lions. That used to be the Thanksgiving game. That's not like right. this that kind of setup. Yeah. So whenever they meet, if it's preseason, they'll call it that. If it's an FA Cup matchup, if it's in the Premier League, it doesn't really matter. If they're if they're on the pitch together. It is the Manchester Derby. Okay. And I, I do have to say one more step to get in there just because I can never pass up the moment to get a Ryan Giggs stat in, my favorite athlete of all time. Ryan Giggs played for Manchester United for years and years. He's appeared in the most Manchester Derbies ever. He's appeared in 36 of them when all he was right. a, a player. So just a, a fun fact to stick in there. Uh, and uh, what number was my, was uh, Ryan Giggs? He wore number 11. Uh, that, that's where the 11 in your uh, tag that's comes from? The, it is, yes. All right. Um, okay, so let's let's get into the game. Um, they were playing in the Manchester City Stadium, correct? Correct. Which I don't know the name of. I know the name of uh, the um, Manchester United's uh, home field. 
I have no idea what their pitch is called. They call it the Etihad Stadium, or I think actually they stopped that last year. I think they just call it the City of Manchester Stadium, if I recall. Okay. Um, Keeping it simple. <laughs> City of Manchester, Manchester City plays there. Okay. Um, so the this game, um, for me, it seemed like a lot of it was was one sided, but the the scoring started pretty early, a lot earlier than I had thought. Um, I watched the game twice, and the first time I watched the game, I'd actually stepped away to either grab a cup of coffee um, or finish getting my breakfast together. Um, and I came back, and Manchester City has scored in the twelfth minute, uh, if I have that stat correctly. Um, from my perspective, it, it seemed like the goalie was was in the right place and playing that field right, but Manchester United defense just almost looked like statues. Is that is that how you saw it too? That's exactly how I saw, it. and I've been seeing unfortunately a lot throughout the season, not just just this game. It's kind of. In my opinion, the goalkeeper of Manchester United is the best goalkeeper in the world. He had a rough World Cup. If any of you watched the World Cup, he played David De Gea is his name. He plays for Spain. He didn't have the best of World Cups, but in the last three years, I think he's really established himself as... If he, if he's not number one, he's right there with the uh, Manuel Neuer, who plays for Germany, and um, he plays for Bayern Munich in the German League. But um, he's kind of been dealt a really bad hand, I think, because... If any of you saw the game, the ball was whipped into the back post and all of the defenders basically, once it passed them, they kind of stopped their running and then they passed it back across and David Silva scored. Basically, and David De Gea, the goalkeeper, was left kind of stranded on his own. Not much yeah. you can do on that one. So, unfortunately, that's been a big issue that I hope that Manchester United is going to remedy at some point soon because the defensive... Uh, Presence is just unbelievable. The presence of mind just is, or the lack of presence of mind, I guess you say, they just stop when you know you're playing the team as offensively high powered as Manchester City is, is mind boggling to me. So, um, yeah, that's exactly what I saw. I don't blame De Gea at all on that. I blame the terrible defending for sure. Yeah, I, I think in the, the, uh, um, was the the replay that they were showing from the back of the net? There were just like five Man U players just standing and staring at it. Like, all right, guys, that's well, not, do, yeah. not what you get paid for. But very uh, I mean, sorry, very frustrating to watch. Yeah, and I mean, despite how rough that play was on on that was what's the goalie's name again? Uh, David De Gea. De Gea. De Gea. Yeah. Well, yeah, he got his hands on it. It was just like barely getting his hands up there. So he was he was right on top of it. So he, he in my opinion, he played an impressive game. He just did not have uh, the support throughout most of the game. Um, and I feel like after that goal, for a long time, the momentum and just the, the, the speed of play was dictated by Manchester City. And Manchester United had a hard time getting into the game from that point. Yeah, that scene was about right from what I saw as well. The... Manchester United manager, um, he likes to play a counter-attacking style, so he likes to have his team sit back. And uh, so a lot of times other teams do dictate the play against them. And then the thought process is we have pretty quick wingers and attacking players that we can, if we get the ball, we can go get a goal really fast. But a team like Manchester City was not working, and then you could see the wind kind of start to leave the sails after that goal went in because it's 
you know they're going to score, and we're, we dug, a, dug ourselves a hole by not defending uh, as well as we should have. So and that's exactly what I saw. They really controlled the game, and they doubled their lead not too too long after that, if I recall. <laughs> because yeah, uh, I think the well, they went into half uh, uh, one to zero. I think. Um, yeah, I, I did want to bring up in the seventeenth minute. Um, there was a foul by one of the Manchester United players where it seemed like like he was kind of low and he grabbed the the boot of a Man City player and just like pulled him up and almost pulled him parallel with the ground. Um, and I, I thought that that was a, a stupid foul to make. Um, maybe he was frustrated or something like that. But I mean, it stuck out because it was such a weird uh, move on that player's part to, I mean, more or less pull him into a, a Superman position in the yeah. air. I think, yeah. So I, if I recall correctly, that was Anthony Martial. Our, yes, it was. Our he took out the goal scorer. So um, I think that was more of, they were kind of tangled up as one of those things. He, I think he thought there should have been a foul called on David Silva beforehand. And then he, it was one of those frustration things that, that boiled over. It certainly was foolish, but didn't really, not much came of it right after that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so like I said, uh, one zero at half, um, come back out. And um, the second goal um, was in the 48th minute. Um, oh, and maybe we should pause here for a second. Uh, for those of you who don't watch soccer, um, do you want to explain the timekeeping practice? Oh, so basically, uh, they play a full 90 minutes, 45-minute halves. Um, and then what they'll do is for any stoppages, injuries, um, goal celebrations, whatever the case may be, the ref will add some time on. So if you're watching on TV, you'll see the clock actually count up to 45 in the first half. And then the fourth official will so the referee in the middle he's the only person that actually knows how much time's left in the half and he'll they have little radios on and he'll radio and say let the fans know we're going to add at least two minutes or whatever the case may be and they hold up a board so the fans know two more minutes to be added so you it feels like you're playing 47 minutes but you're getting you're making up some of that time and then same thing happens in the second half they play a count up from 45 up to up to 90 minutes yeah. Um, in similar fashion. Which, yeah, very different from most of the sports that count down and stop the clock. It, and it always creates a lot of good drama at the end of close matches because nobody really knows when the ref is going to blow the whistle. And typically speaking, he'll, if a team is attacking, he'll give them a few extra seconds to finish an attack. Right. And he won't just blow it like as a guy's about to kick or shoot a shot at goal. So it kind of allows the team... A couple extra seconds if they if they are attacking or a certain team is attacking. So it's it is definitely different from a lot of the American sports we have that we know exactly how much time or how many outs to go in the in the game. Yeah. Um, so counting counting up from the half uh, 40th minute, uh, Manchester City scores again. Um, this one was by he was he's an Argentinian player, right? Yeah, Sergio Aguero. Yeah. Uh, I that that was a pretty spot on goal because I think he came down the middle, got rid of it, ran around, and just right spot, good ball movements, um, and it just seemed like again Manchester United couldn't 
keep up with the movement of the ball. They just kind of, um, again, got caught, st- caught standing yeah. still. That one I was a little bit more, or less disappointed in the defense. It was, I thought, just very well played, and the shot was a rocket. It went, actually, oh, yeah. I saw, I still kind of think to him might have done better because it was right over his head, but it was hit with so much pace that you could, on the super slow-mo replay, you could see his trying to get his hands up and he just couldn't get it in time. A goalkeeper of his cal- caliber, you would like to see him maybe push that over, but it was hit with a lot of venom. Um, and it, I thought that was just a really well-taken goal. And Aguero, yeah, Aguero, he's a player that he's found himself on the bench a lot at Manchester City for reasons that I can't under, I mean, like I said earlier, they spend a lot of money and they have a lot of talent. So yeah. fighting for places is hard, but whenever I see him play, he's been incredibly impressive. Uh, so a good goal there. And that was really when it was, I was starting to think we're going to have a long, a long morning. <laughs> yeah. I, um, multiple times I, I noticed Aguero making some good plays and moves throughout the game. Um, so he was a player that stood out. Um, and he, he's been on the Argent, Argentinian national team for at least two World Cups, if not more. Yep, the last two he's played with them, and he's been with Manchester City for probably the same like the time he's been there for quite quite a while. Okay, yeah, so he's definitely a strong player, so I'm surprised to hear he rides the bench as well. Um, all right, so the good news, uh, Manchester United got a PK in the 58th minute, which... Um, was caused by the the goalie, which is not something you see very often. Um, you played goalie. Is that is that more common than it really seems to be, or is it pretty rare for that to happen? Um, in that situation, you see those given. So, for those of you that didn't, so if you would have touched the ball, for those of you who didn't see it, Romelu Lukaku was just subbed on for Manchester United. They played through ball into him, and he actually touched the ball and plays it out, and the goalkeeper did not touched the ball, he went right through the player. That's going to be given a penalty every time. Um, if neither of them touched the ball or the goalkeeper would have gotten the ball first, the ref probably lets that um, probably lets that one go. But I think the ref did well. He, it was the right call. Um, so I don't, I don't know if wouldn't say that they're less common, but a play like that is going to be given it. A penalty, okay. but yeah, usually the goalkeeper, if he's touching the ball or going through a player, they are given the the benefit of the doubt. But if you just go, even if it's a genuine attempt to play the ball, which I think it was, if you don't get the ball, that's the consequence it's of not, the player. Yeah, yeah, it seems like uh, in a lot of cases the the goal box uh, is the the goalie's realm, and if you go in there uh, and take on the goalie, you're kind of doing it at your own risk. So I was surprised to see that. Um, that foul given. Um, and then um, it's Lukaku. Uh, he's, he scored. It was Lukaku, right? I think Martial. Oh, he took the, he took the, the shot. Penalty, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he scored, put in the uh, bottom right corner. Bottom. His right. Keeper's left. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so pretty solid. And uh, I mean, I was disappointed that that was the only goal that they got, that it came off of a penalty kick. I think they probably could have played a lot better offensively too. Yeah, there's – actually, after that, I thought there was a couple minutes where I thought we were going to come and bag the second goal for a while there, but uh just didn't really come to fruition there. Yeah. 
uh, and then probably all the winds got knocked out of the cells in the 86th minute um, when Man City scored again. Um, and I want to say, if I remember correctly, this like there was a lot of good movement and, and passing um, involved movement towards the goal into the back of the net on this one as well, um, if I recall correctly. Yeah, that one actually has been making the rounds on social media, and uh, they actually completed 44 consecutive passes en route to scoring the goal. It was very impressive, and that's the kind of goal that will really kill a team because it's just you're chasing the ball, chasing the ball, chasing the ball, and then they score the goal, and it's it was fairly late in the game as well. Um, and it, that was really the, okay, yeah, we're done now. <laughs> but it was very impressive. But as a Manchester United fan like I am, it was very, very disappointing and disheartening <laughs> to, yeah. to watch. Because you, you're just watching your players just chase the ball around for 44 passes before they decide, okay, we're going to knock it in the goal here. But yeah. well done. But again, the final ball in. So there's a lot of the passing. The final ball in uh, left uh, Gundogan wide open in the book like unbelievable again another defensive lapse in the end so yeah uh another disappointing in, in january i'm hoping we sign somebody anybody that can defend <laughs> somebody can play defense at, at least run or follow somebody i don't know yeah, yeah. so yeah. disappointing match i thought uh as a manchester united fan but still i mean still interesting there's always going to be headlines in, in a game like this um so good, good game to watch, even though it was disappointing. I thought result yeah. for for me is a Manchester United or a Manchester City fan. I'm sure they were quite quite pleased. Yeah, I bet they were. Yeah. Um, so last thing I want to bring up, uh, I saw uh, Pogba was in. He wasn't even suited up. Was he injured or what was going on there? So there's been a little controversy surrounding that because him and Jose Mourinho, the manager, have not seen eye to eye, but. For a player like him, I think Jose Mourinho, even if they are butting heads, realizes he's our best midfielder and should have been on the pitch. He has a high thigh, uh, thigh injury um, that he suffered, what I think they're saying, the day before the game. He actually set up France's – right now we're in the international break, so um, he's not playing for France either. So it seems to hold up that he didn't just get benched for, for that. But okay. um, I do think that actually could have – changed maybe not the result but it could have helped break up play because Pogba is a player who will can break up the play and actually hold the ball and create a little bit more than um than her and her who ended up playing a lot of minutes who I actually like quite a quite a bit but he's just a different different kind of player yeah. um so I do think that hurt hurt a lot but we'll see we'll we'll play him again in March and hopefully we can okay. we'll take them out then yeah, maybe we'll talk about that one too. Um, all right. Well, I like I enjoyed the game. I, I think as I said last time, soccer is probably my favorite sport to watch. Um, so I was I was glad to have that for my first uh, assignment. It didn't feel like an assignment. So it's not a good term, but that's, that's yeah, what think, we got. Uh, I think when we saw Manchester United is now sitting eighth place. Yeah. And Manchester City are first place. So I think we. That was indicative of that game. We saw why they're first place, and we saw why we're sitting in eighth because terrible defending. Yeah. Unfortunately, I hate to admit it. I think that was a, a blow in our our title chances. So I think the rest of the way we we're focused on getting 
finishing in the top four. That's kind of the, what the goal has to be now, and maybe not so. I mean, if we can make a run, I'm not saying it's zero percent chance, but it's pretty low. It's that not, one, yeah, it's not like the league this year, yeah. And uh, why is the the top four? Why is that the the goal? Top four is important because the top four finishers in the English Premier League qualify for the Champions League, which is the biggest club competition in the world. Um, they take teams from all the major um, leagues across Europe, so the Italian League, French League, Spanish League, English League. They all have certain qualifiers, so the top four get in and then they play each other in a massive tournament and whittle their way down. And there's a huge financial um um, windfall, I guess, if you qualify for that, if you miss it, um, it's major. You lose a lot of money and teams. Yeah. If you're trying to sign a big-name player, they're not going to think. They, they want to play in the Champions League. That's where people want to play. Yeah. So if you're not in it, it makes it very difficult to sign players and improve your team, so it can be difficult. So that's why top four is very important. And the English Premier League is becoming very competitive, so that top yeah. four is becoming... It used to be a set, pretty much a set for the Liverpool's, Arsenal's, Manchester United um, of the world. Chelsea is usually in that. But like this year, Arsenal did not qualify for the Champions League, so they're fighting to get back into that yeah. that top four. So, and the only the only other way to qualify if we finish outside is winning the Champions League this year. Which, um, if we don't, if we're playing like we are. I guess Manchester City, I'm not liking yeah, our chances. Not but... happen. Yeah. Uh, has Manchester United ever won Champions League? They've won the Champions League three times. Uh, most recently was probably 10 years ago. Um, it's been a while. It was in Yeah. Um, another great game. They beat Chelsea, I remember, quite quite vividly in a penalty kick shootout. So it was very, All right. uh, very interesting game. Pouring down rain in Moscow. Uh, Ryan Giggs scored the the game winning penalty in the in the shootout for the for those of you who might not remember. And then they won it in '99, which was probably the most famous Champions League win they had because that year they won they call, what they called the treble, it means you you won the league, so they won the Premier League. They won the FA Cup, which is the domestic the biggest domestic cup in England, and then they won the Champions League, which had never been done before. And then All back right. in '68 was the previous time, so. For a team as massive as Manchester United, some would say, and a lot do because there's a lot of haters for Manchester United, say that they probably should have won it more in their history, which I would tend to agree with. So hopefully we can maybe steal one this year. All right. Uh, any any other last details or tidbits you want to throw out about the, the matchup or the game? Um, no, just if if you liked if you watched it, you liked it, March 16th will be the next uh the next matchup, and that will be played at Manchester United's home in Old Trafford. So hopefully, by that point, we have signed a defender, yeah. and Pogba's healthy, and we're maybe running on a little bit higher of octane than we were this past match. Yeah, win that one, get in the top four. That's the goal. There you go. All right, well, that'll wrap up the, the, the topic, or the discussion on the, the Manchester Derby. Um, are you ready for your assignments? I am ready. Um, I'm very excited about this one. Um, we are going to read uh, the uh, Batman, the long Halloween. Um, and I'm not going to give you any details on it, but I think you'll, you'll like it. Um, it's uh, well, it's um, 
Jeff, I think it was Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale, uh, the, the writer and the, the penciler, the artist for it. It's a very distinctive art quality. Uh, but I think you'll recognize a lot of scenes from this book, uh, which is why I'm picking oh. it out. So I think you'll like it. Um, so in, in two weeks, guys, if you want to read along, uh, The Dark, uh, or Batman, uh, The Long Halloween, we're going to be reading that. Um, even though Halloween's over, it's not all about Halloween. It's just the title, but Halloween is part of it. Um, so if you want to read along, two weeks, we're going to be discussing that. Um, this uh, coming Sunday, um, some of our other things we got going on. Um, this Sunday, 8.30 a.m. Uh, on twitch.tv slash the Campus Crusaders, where you're at right now if you're watching this. Um, unless you're on YouTube, uh, then, well, that's where you can watch this, the Azorian one, uh, Sunday Coffee with the Azorian one. And, oh, hi to the podcast. Thank you for listening. Um, and then uh, I, the Dame Patrol, our uh, sister podcast, um, it's Amy and and Stephanie and uh, Minnie, as I mentioned last time. They're going to be doing that. Um, look forward to some more of their episodes. I believe the first one has dropped by now. I probably should know that, but I haven't listened to it yet. Um, so check that out on the podcast app or anywhere that you listen to your podcasts. Um, and then uh, I believe the next episode of the main Campus Crusader show is going to be a D&D episode. So if you like Dungeons & Dragons um, or comic books in general or just shenanigans tune into that we have a lot of fun um it's going to be the entire crew uh well most of the crew i guess i should say myself as dungeon master david uh steve's the azorian one amy and the dame patrol will be there uh maybe one of these days we'll try to get you in dan but uh feel right. like D is not really your cup of tea um i know nothing about it so. but, but maybe yeah it's, it's a lot of fun you can give it a try um once again um Thank you to our sponsors, Empire's Comics Vault and Beard Bomb Brush. Um, check both of them out. If you go to thecapelesscrusaders.com, which is uh, right above our heads, um, you can go see everything related to our sponsors, all of our uh, social media, our shows, articles we've written, that kind of stuff. Um, once again, my name is Manderson at Son of Mander on the social medias that I choose to use. Um, joining me is my favorite middle brother, I'm Dan, and you can find me at Danderson11 on on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you once again for joining us for the Capus Crusaders and Crossover. Good night. Mm -hmm.